Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They'll take care of all your insurance needs. They'll make sure that you're completely covered. If they have to make an update, they'll do that. They'll also do everything they can to save you money. They'll do everything they can to save you money. Again, the customer means everything to them. It is all at... Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. And it's a great time to buy. It's a great time to deal. Beautiful time of the year, isn't it? Look at it. It's gorgeous out there today. Gorgeous out there today. Great day to go out, look at the lot, talk talk to everybody. Absolutely. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day. Eight seconds left. They trail by three. Orange. The jumper doesn't go off the window. Not to the outside. Washington off the mark and it's over. It's March. Expect the unexpected. Oh, Roberts has pulled off the upset. There's man. He's trying to hunt down that three. This is for the tie. It rings out. Florida chasing it down. Lewis for the tie. That's not there. Oral Roberts, the 15 seed. The upset makers are history makers. And Oral Roberts is in the Sweet 16. The key is in both of those. Here's the other part, and I wanted to get into this. When you stop playing to win and you stop looking at the basket, you open the window of opportunity to the opponent. This is not a tournament where you are playing the last place team that doesn't know how to win. Example, Illinois playing at Nebraska. Nebraska's winning. They're winning and winning. And guess what? When it came winning time, Illinois scored. Illinois scored. Illinois scored, tied the game. Nebraska had one shot to win. Trey McGowan says the ball. Teddy Allen comes over to set a screen. He's not supposed to set a screen. Now you got two defenders on Trey McGowan. McGowan's looking at Allen like, what are you doing here? 
And Fred Hoiberg took off his mask and he slammed it on the court. Why? Because losing teams make losing plays. That was a losing play. Now let's get to this tournament. Every team you're facing in this tournament is successful. I don't care what seed you are. Oral Roberts won its tournament. Oral Roberts is on a four-game winning streak. They know how to win. So you're a team that wins is facing another team. Okay, Rutgers is playing Houston. Houston's had a great year, and they won their tournament. They know how to win. So you don't stop looking at the basket. In Florida, you don't stop looking at the basket. Because you're facing a team that knows how to win. You've got to put them away. You can't play not to lose. Rutgers, in the last couple of minutes, played not to lose. Florida, in the last couple of minutes, played not to lose. And guess what? They each lost. It's a different animal. You're not facing the last place team. You're facing a team that has had success. We're going to get to Chris Mack in a moment. Meanwhile, at this morning's staff meeting, the suit made a presentation. That green, for lack of a better word, is good. <sighs> Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. I thought it was an inspiring speech. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not quite sure if greed trickled down to us. <laughs> but but I thought he made his point. That probably was the best staff meeting he's had yet. Only half the staff walked out. Well, the other half had to stick around because they were obligated to, but, I mean, that's, you know, we can debate that. All right. LSU plays Michigan tonight. In the final half hour, I'm going to start out by telling you why LSU shouldn't even be in the tournament. And if I hear one thing about, what a great job, Will Wade's TV goes off, we're going to watch reruns on MeTV. I will not hear that guy praised. We'll get to that final half hour. Now, what's the uh, let's see what's the Gonzaga score here? Let me check this out here. Let's see. Emails about the suit. No, no, we're good. Sixty-six fifty-one Gonzaga. Eleven oh six to go. Hmm. Abilene Christian plays UCLA at five fifteen. That might be a fun game. In Ohio against Creighton, a ratings blockbuster on TNT at 610. <laughs> a lot of people going, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, Chris Mack joins us from Pittsburgh so we can get up to date on what's going on with the Steelers and free agency. All right, Christopher? Let's start with the Steelers. Uh, free agency has brought back Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Cam Hayward and They've restructured some contracts. What do you think, Al? Do you think they've done considering some of the limitations in free agency? 
Uh, I think it's interesting that they went into the off season and we could all see that the holes that needed to be filled would be on the offensive side of the ball, whether Ben Roethlisberger decided to come back or not, and whether the Steelers decided to grant his desire to come back or not. Um, you could see that they need something in the backfield to shore up the running game. Uh, we could see that the offensive line needs a makeover. Uh, we could see that maybe a, a number two tight end. Now, uh, the biggest stuff was offensive line, obviously, and running back. And I, I still contend that the first three picks of the draft for them, the first two days, yeah. should consist of that mix right there. Two offensive linemen and a running back, regardless yeah. of how you want to work it out. But it's interesting to me that in, in bringing back Juju, uh, and, and granted, it's not a huge cap hit. It's got four dummy years on the end of the uh, contract to bring the cap hit down to just $2.4 million next year. But it's interesting that it's led them down a path of they released Vince Williams. They let Tyson Alu-Alu sign in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And that may be more that Alu-Alu has a connection to Jacksonville. He played there before and his family enjoyed it there. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, they they now are at the point where they're letting Steven Nelson explore a trade. And that, and that may have nothing to do with the decision to bring back Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. They may not be, um, you know, linked A to B, so to speak, like links in a chain. But I do think they're at least tangentially connected in that the overall philosophy of how this team is constructed seemed to be steady over the last couple of years. You could see it coming that they wouldn't re-up Juju because, well, you had Deontay Johnson, well, James Washington before him, and then Deontay Johnson, and then Chase Claypool all drafted. And you could see they would have the depth at receiver to withstand the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster. They don't have that similar depth at corner. Uh, Mike Hilton signs in Cincinnati. Uh, they got Cam Sutton on a great deal, and I, I don't mind at all the idea right. of Cam Sutton playing a significant number of snaps. He was very good last year, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, now you're you're down to, if Nelson is traded or released, whatever it may end up being, you're down to Hayden and Sutton, and then after that, it's real thin. I mean, even with your with your nickel corner spot, uh, is it, you know, just, Justin Lane, have we seen enough from him for him to play outside when Sutton slides in on the no. nickel? Um, you know, the, uh, Trevor not, Williams. Not, not comfortable. I wouldn't yeah. be comfortable. If I'm a Steelers fan, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. No, and, and, and I'm not either. And that's where I think a lot of people are looking at this team right now and saying, Ooh, why has the focus been on, okay, fine, your, your quarterback wanted to stick around another year. He took a pay cut to do so, whatever. Uh, but but it made sense to let Juju walk away. Fine, you got him on a uh, a pretty minor cap hit compared to what you thought was going to be necessary. But where's the focus been on the defensive side of the ball? And this team has gone in the last year from having quality backups step up at positions, whether it be on the edge, Alex Highsmith for Bud Dupree, whether it be inside, Robert Spillane when Devin Bush went down, uh, whether it be a corner when Nelson and or Hayden missed games this year, uh, Sutton stepped up and stepped in for them. And all of a sudden, uh, Tyson Aluala moved inside to play nose a lot last year because they didn't trust Isaiah Bugs or Carlos Davis. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you're down to the backups at a lot of positions, and there's nobody behind the backups. They've got, they've just gotten very thin on defense, which was supposed to be a strength for this team. Uh, when you're done with free agency, that uh, then identifies uh, what you want to do in the draft, which you alluded to already. Uh, I feel like when it comes to the offensive line, though, they pigeonhole themselves where they have to draft a couple of guys because they didn't get anybody at this level. 
Yeah, they're going to have. So, well, I mean, I mean, you can get, look. No offense, you can get a running back anywhere. All right, that's just the way it is now. I mean, there there are very few Barkleys and Elliots out there, to be honest with you, or a Miles Sanders. There's very few guys like that. So, I mean, because what they have right now is is a product of that. McFarland, Snell, Samuels, they're under the category yeah. of just another guy. You can get right. another guy in there. I mean, that's that. You can do that. Well, and and there are you know there are guys out there on the free agent market, veterans who maybe they could they could if they can't find something in the first two rounds of the draft, maybe they come back to that. Well. Sure. Um, I, you know, I typically would say draft your lineman first. Um, oh, no doubt, with, I agree with that. But, but here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna go astray from that just a bit with the depth at tackle in this draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can't if if Najee Harris or Travis Etienne is still there at 24, which is where they pick in the first round. Right. I don't know if you can't get one of those guys there and still get a, a quality tackle. Maybe not at 55. Maybe you got to move a couple of picks and get up into the 40s. But they have to. They they have to be. They have not had. Uh, they've seen, I guess I should say, what not having a true number one running back can do to their offense specifically. Because Mike Tomlin always ends up coming back to the idea of a bell cow and and feeding one guy. Even though every summer he'll come in and say they want to share carries, he always falls back into that rut. Regardless of who the coordinator is, regardless of who the personnel is, he wants to have one guy who gets the bulk of the carries. And we've seen that unless that guy has been Le'Veon Bell, it hasn't worked for their offense. They just haven't had a running game. So I, I think they're seriously considering going running back in the first round and then letting the offensive line chips kind of fall where they may in later rounds. Uh, uh, is anybody in Pittsburgh know that spring training's going on? <laughs> People are slowly becoming more and more aware, I think, uh, as opening day uh, hurdles towards us. Um I think it's it's encouraging to see Cabrian Hayes leading baseball and hitting. He's at least he's a really great prospect. He's he's going to be phenomenal. Now the question is, um, what else do we see from guys this year that you hope to see? You know, Mitch Keller uh, getting bounced around again today. He has not looked great this spring. If that's the future number one of your rotation, you're in trouble. Um, hopefully, their future number one of their rotation is pitching at Vanderbilt right now, whether it's Rocker or Lighter. Um, because th- th- this how, how encouraging! <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what we're going with here, Steve. That's what we got. That's why I can't make fun of Jason too much for the Phillies shirt. I got no capital here. I got no hand. I got gotcha. you. Um, so, so, I mean, it, you know, do they see guys like Kevin Newman bounce back, which I think he's shown in the spring? Can they get something from Adam, uh, a deal of Adam Frazier maybe towards the trade deadline? Do they see, do, can they flip some bullpen pieces maybe at the deadline? Can Brian Reynolds come back to his rookie form? You know, does, does Anthony Alford end up looking like an everyday center fielder? What I do like is that Ben Charrington has bought a whole lot more uh, lottery tickets, for lack of a better way to put it, than Neil Huntington did in the last couple of years of his tenure here. Neil was about getting, uh, I guess, B-minus, C-plus major leaguers. You know, look at the four pieces he got in the Garrett Cole deal. Um, None of them were going to be superstars. Some of them great guys, some of them decent. You know, Joe Musgrove, I I think of in particular now in San Diego. But none of them were going to be a star. And that's what it seems like Charrington is aiming for in every single deal that he makes is, I'm trying to get... A star. It, wow. it might be. Lottery. It might be a lottery ticket. You know, Leo Vera Pagero might end up being just another guy someday, and he's one of the guys they got in the Marte deal a year ago. But he might end up being an all-star second baseman someday. So I, you know, I'm fine with with just trying to cash in a whole bunch of lottery tickets and hoping one or two of them hits. 
Yeah, but, you know, let, let's be honest about it. Anytime you make a deal for prospects, which is what they do now repeatedly, mm-hmm. John Smoltz, Jeff Bagwell, who else hits? I oh, mean, I mean, I'm just, I have just gone back now 34 years, and I came up with two guys <laughs> that in the prospect thing, like, wow, look how they panned out. Look, remember the, remember the trade they made? It was a simple trade. Joel Hanrahan and Brock Holt went to the Red Sox, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. got four prospects. And I had people around the say, boy, boy, I read up these four guys. I said, you got nothing. <laughs> I said, right? Well, one of them ended and up tur- being Melanson, I think. So that, that part worked out. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, but if, the prospects, like, 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 like Pimitel and guys like that, I said, you got anything. Brock Holt was more productive than any of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it's, it's just unfortunately the way – Things are built right now here in that people are going to have to show a little patience. Um, And and if they don't want to, that's, you know, I I totally understand it. You know, if you want to just kind of cast a side eye towards the 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates and say, you know, uh, ring me up when they're competitive again in three or four years, um, then I totally, totally understand that. But for the hardcore Pirate fans, hardcore baseball fans, um, that do pay attention to, to every move that's supposed to be a building block or potential future building block. I think at the very least they feel better that Ben Charrington is clearly in the rebuilding lane when the last few years of Huntington's regime were trying to hang out somewhere in the gray area in between. Uh, 50% allowed. So in the end, you know, at least to start the season, how many will the Pirates actually let in? I mean, if you do the simple math, it would be somewhere right. around yeah. eighteen, nineteen thousand. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I saw they're going to open up some more ticket sales because, based on twenty-five percent, they were nearly sold out for opening day. Okay. Uh, Travis Williams said a little bit ago. Um, so, you know, hey, uh, well, they'll sell ninety-nine percent of the tickets they have available for opening day. It's opening day in Pittsburgh, and exactly. people love opening day in Pittsburgh. No question. From there on out, I mean. I don't know how much the capacity restrictions are going to affect them, to be quite honest. Right. Well, I mean, especially in April and May when the weather, you know, I mean, a Tuesday night in April against the Cincinnati Reds, uh, even if the game starts a half hour earlier this year, um, it's it's cold and it's rainy. You're not going to get more than eight or 9,000 there anyway on in a regular year. So well, I can't imagine the capacity restrictions will affect them that much early in the year. In the 70s when – the Pirates had an embarrassment of riches, and their farm system was, I mean, hey, we got this guy, Richie Zix, sitting in Waterbury, mm-hmm. all right, okay? And people didn't turn out. And I told, I said to people, I said, it's a lousy baseball town. Now, you see with the ballpark, they win a little bit, the place is packed, it's exciting, the whole thing. It's become an awesome baseball town, and that awesome baseball town has been dealt a lousy hand. Well, yeah, we talk about it a lot too down here in that it's a it's a, it's it's a it's a winning town. People want to win, and if you're not winning, you know the Penguins went through similar doldrums right after sure. Yager left and before Crosby was drafted. You know those that civic the Civic Arena sat half empty some of those years. Um, PNC Park goes through it now, even though it's the most beautiful ballpark in the country, oh, most beautiful yes, scenery. Is. Um, I, I think it's just it's you know I remember being at playoff games at Three River Stadium in the nineties. Oh, there would be empty seats. Yep, empty you know? seats. And um, I just I 
I don't know that that I could I can blame on it was a sixty thousand seat uh, concrete donut uh, that was better suited for football. You know, <laughs> it um, wasn't even better suited for football. You know that. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? I long contend, Stephen. I'll stick by this. That if they had just renovated Three Rivers Stadium into a football-only facility and put grass in there, I, that building was just so intimidating for opposing teams. Now, now you go into Heinz Field, you get a pretty view of downtown, and it's sunny out. No, I wanted that that dank, dark basement feeling and the big blast furnace sign in the one end zone and Boy. noise echoing back down on top of you. you just, That's what you, I wanted. You football. just described Jason's apartment. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, My friend, always a pleasure. Appreciate it and you very much. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) Sorry, Jason. (laughs) It happens. Ah, Some would say it's a corner office. I need to talk with you. Dark, dank, dismal. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Then the meeting starts. All right. (laughs) Yep. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance here on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business insurance. They have it all. And they're the best in the business, making sure that you're insured, updating policies, and finding savings wherever they can. Customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. Look, these are great people who are just even better professionals. Man, I like the people there a lot. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And talk about great people. The great people at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. It's a great day to go over and look, isn't it? Ooh, phenomenal day to go over and look. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. That's great new inventory. The best. Maybe the old budget says, hey, how about some pre-owned inventory? Plenty of that. Great selections. All at the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So, uh, what a uh, little hoop going on right now. We got uh, already today Iowa got run out. Again, you can't Iowa is not fast enough or athletic enough to play the style Oregon plays. They just not. And they tried to. On the day where CJ Frederick, Jordy Bohannon, and Colin McCaffrey, or Connor McCaffrey. Those are three starters. Combined to score... Go ahead, Matt. How many points do you think those three starters scored? I'm going to say 20. Combined. Lower. 15. Lower. 10. Lower. 5? 
Lower. Two. Lower. None? Zero. Well, there you go. That's why Luca scored 36. Luca was great. Luca had was was 14 to 20, scored 36. He averaged 1.8 points per shot. Holy cow, that's a phenomenal number. That's off the charts. That's off the chart. 1.8 points a shot off the charts. He only took seven free throws. He was five of seven. 1.8 points a shot. Ay, ay, ay. And Wieskamp was terrific. 17 points, five assists. Those are the only two scorers that scored. They scored 53 between them. They're looking around saying, anybody else want to chip in? Anybody else want to help? And again, in a game where they needed to slow the tempo and they're not good at it because this team is more athletic than they are, they play right into Oregon's hands, try to run up and down the floor of them, and you can't do that. Oklahoma's trying to do the same thing in some ways with Gonzaga, but they're hanging in, though. I think it's, I want to say it's 79 70. Does that sound right? It's now 81 70 with with like a minute and a half left. Yeah. So, I mean, Gonzaga's going to move on. Look, when you get to the round of 32, it's pretty much evened up at this point. That's why you you always have to remember with each round, um, that's all that's left, and you must be good. Michigan plays LSU tonight. If I hear the words, what a great job Will Wade has done. That's it. I will not watch the game. I will turn to something else. When when somebody is associated with the words FBI wiretap, that usually is not good. Yeah. Okay, I'm no expert, but the words FBI caught on FBI wiretap are not the words I want to have in a sentence. Why they are in this tournament is probably to avoid lawsuits. Because right now they're eligible to play in it. I believe they've, I don't know if they've appealed or what they've done. But for those who don't realize, we will take you back. March 7, 2019, it was reported that Wade discussed an offer to a recruit, which was overheard by (laughs) a Federal and Bureau of Investigation wiretap, a.k.a. the FBI. The offer he made was reportedly a large one. In the transcripts, he is quoted as saying that he was frustrated with the situation. I'll be honest with you, I'm blanking tired of dealing with this thing. Like, I'm just blanking sick of dealing with all this blank like this should not be that blanking complicated the following day after that was released LSU announced it was indefinitely suspending him amid the FBI's probe Tony Benford was named as the interim head coach at LSU during Wade's suspension on April 14th out of nowhere LSU lifted Wade's suspension but then it was also reported on April 24th, 2019, that Wade agreed to a significant modification of his contract in order to be reinstated. He had to forfeit $250,000 in bonuses that he would otherwise earn during his time of suspension. 
contract also allowed LSU to fire Wade for cause if he committed a level one or two violation. He can be terminated. The NCAA infractions committee issues a formal notice to LSU. So now let's go back to August 25th of last year. August 25, 2020, reports surfaced that the investigation into the numerous alleged recruiting violations by Wade is ongoing and headed to an independent panel. Two separate NCAA committees have referred the LSU case to the Independent Accountability Resolution Process, IARP. That's a system formed in response to the Condoleezza Rice-led Commission on College Basketball. Now, should this panel issue a formal notice of allegations to LSU as a result of this investigation, that would put an end to the three-year, highly controversial tenure of Wade based on the renegotiated contract from 2019. So I don't want to hear the words, oh, what a great job he has done with this program. If I hear those words, the TV goes someplace else. Hogan's Heroes rerun, something. Green Acres. Doesn't matter. Everything I just read to you is what's wrong with sports. Again, the dreaded words. There are certain dreaded words in life. I'm innocent. We have witnesses. Who are your witnesses? A station wagon filled with nuns. Dreaded words. Darn. Okay? Other dreaded words. We have evidence. What's your evidence? We have an FBI wiretap. Uh Uh-oh. Not good. Other than that, he's done a heck of a job. I almost have no words. Almost no words. I mean, has he been there? The last 28 months, he's had a half dozen problematic headlines. Still there. I have to give him credit. He's a survivor. Ah, boy. Well... That'll be on display tonight. I mean, where they're playing is just right across from the NCAA headquarters. Bad idea. How ironic. (laughs) That was the view out my window before the Indiana game because we stayed in Indianapolis. I looked out to my left and I saw Victory Field where the minor league AAA team plays, the Pirates affiliate. Lucas Oil Stadium was just beyond that. 
And to my right was the NCAA headquarters. So I thought, yeah, great. Perfect. All right, so Gonzaga's going to win. They're going to move on. Look, the, the uh, for example, I'll give you an example. Let's take Wisconsin, for example. Wisconsin is a team that um, gets knocked out, what, yesterday? They got knocked out by Baylor. But see, Wisconsin's not a team that I put in that category of like, oh, check that out. They were, what, a nine seed? Beat an eight. Lost to a one. Okay? Same thing with Oklahoma. Oklahoma held its seed. They won. Then they lost to a one. That's, you know, did Oklahoma have a bad tournament? No. Uh, Xavier Johnson is going to be the new head basketball coach at Minnesota. Been an assistant the last three seasons for Travis Steele at Xavier. Also spent some time as an assistant at Nebraska and Northern Iowa. So Xavier Johnson. Looks like he'll be the head basketball coach at Minnesota. Richard Patino is now the head coach at New Mexico after being told, thanks for being here. And uh, Johnson, by the way, is a Minneapolis native. He graduated from Minnesota himself in 2005, played a couple seasons for the Gophers. So, like I said, guys whose games I used to announce are now coaching. Uh, Dick in Milton, yes, sir. How are you? Great to hear from you, Steve. I heard that little uh, your little uh, not tirade, but your little uh, with uh, the Ohio State basketball player and, and being threatened after they lost the ball game. Yeah, and and, my, and I've been thinking about this for days. And, and listen, I'm no, I'm not naive enough to know that people do not gamble, and they gamble a lot on pro right. and, and college sports. But mm-hmm. the thing that really bothers me is 24 hours a day, they're just in TV, radio, they're just trying to get everybody to gamble as much as they can. I know. And, 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 and the thing that bothers me most about that, there's probably people out there losing money that can't afford to gamble at all. But they And they wouldn't gamble at this level, yeah. but, but it's so easy now. Yeah. Here's here's where you have to make the distinction. I, I, I was listening to Brent Musburger talk about this, and Brent made a great point. He said people he says, who want to gamble with money on sports, for example, should do it for fun and not to make money. Yeah. If it makes it more fun for you, okay, fine. But if you're in there trying to make money from it, ooh, boy, you're, you're going to have a hard time doing it because there's something about the house, okay? There's a reason why that those sports books are in such impressive buildings, as you and I know, because they don't lose very often. Well, I guess the thing that really bothers me, when these – well, these these young college kids and pro kids, pro people, but more of the college kids that go out and people are basically betting betting their a lot of the money on their games, and then they're going to yeah. just in this case, I can see them holding those kids responsible for them losing money, in a sense, and that's, exactly. that bothers me a lot. Yeah. And as you know, Dick, I think I probably have made that point in this show for years that when gambling became legalized, and I thought it would. And we talked about the New Jersey case over and over and over again that it did a big thing when it was, that was going to start spreading. So we're up to 20 states now plus D.C. And that was always my point. My point was you, you know, is that people, because it's their money on the line, it becomes more personal. And suddenly out of nowhere, that team or that individual lost you money. 
Yeah. The reality is you lost the money. You gambled it, but emotions run high. Now, e, now I'm not saying E.J. Liddell, that's what happened with him, but let's face it, it's, it's the first question I would ask those ignorant individuals. Uh, by the way, do you have any money in the game? It becomes more personal. Yeah. Well, as I say, I can see it getting a lot worse before it gets better. I agree with you. You are totally that's right, the, Dick. That's, I, that's the sad part, on. because kids, kids aren't out there playing college sports, especially just to, to make win money for somebody. Pro, I mean, I know a pro, a pro players, and obviously over the years, people have actually thrown games or gambled. Or, sure. I mean, it's, hap- it's happened a lot. I, I don't know that it happens at the college level. God, I hope not. I mean, Dick, I, don't know I did. Ever... I, no, Dick, I've told the story. I did a game that was fixed. A college game? Yeah. Penn State Northwestern, 1995. It was part of the Northwestern point shaving scandal. It was Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan were the three games. It was the place kicker from Notre Dame that was the the, the ringleader of it. Did they go on probation for that? Northwestern, no. They did not. They were, hmm. but 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 the individuals involved were prosecuted. In other words, okay. the institute the institution didn't know they were throwing the game. I I mean, the, the coach is coaching his brains out over there. And he's like, I don't, I don't understand why they aren't playing well. But they had three guys that they were involved in the team: a primary, a guard, a starting guard, a starting forward, and a guy that could hit threes. In other words, he could change the point spread by coming off the bench late, and could change the point spread from twenty down to seventeen or fourteen with a hitting a couple threes. Those are the three guys that this place kicker from Notre Dame. And he was sitting right behind the bench, the game I did. Because we saw him. I mean, he, he'd been the hero in the uh, Notre Dame beat Texas A&M. He was the hero in the game. And like, I was sitting there like, yeah, what's he doing here? It wasn't like it was somebody we didn't recognize. We recognized him right away. Like, yeah. he's, he must be a big Northwestern fan. <laughs> Evidently. Penn State well, was like say, a, it's, uh, I hope this. I hope that they. I hope this doesn't snowball with the, all these people uh, gambling and these kids playing. And well, I could be way, wrong. Penn I hope State, I'm wrong. I've been wrong before about a lot of stuff, and I hope I'm really wrong about this. Uh, I I hope, yeah, I don't want to see it either. But Penn State was a 17 point favorite that night, Dick. You want to know how much they won by? Thirty. Thirty. <laughs> yep. Thirty points. And John Amici had a career high that night. Hit 30 points in the game, and the guy guarding, primarily guarding him, was one of the guys involved. Well, I haven't, I haven't wasn't following the, the basketball as much over the weekend because of the wrestling for three days. But now I'm back into watching the basketball because wrestling's over. And I'll tell you what, Penn State, I think, put the fear of God into Tommy Brands for next year. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a young team that's just going to get better. It's yeah, unbelievable. No. I mean, they, what they bring. Uh, they, they they brought six freshmen, essentially, or redshirt freshmen of the Big Tens, and they brought five of them out to the NCAAs. They got four national titles out of the thing. Holy mackerel. Iowa ended up with one with all their ten kids. I know. But how anyhow, about that? we're looking good. How, how about all the one seeds that lost? Aaron Brooks was the few. first one. Aaron Brooks was the first one seed to win in the tournament. Yes, I know that. And then, and then yep. Yeah. They've had, you know, they had two one, two number one seeds. Well, three, three one. 
Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, basically. finally, I mean, I mean, Brooks finally got the ball rolling <laughs> for once, but yeah, 184 is a little late in the ball game. 84, and then heavyweight, and then uh, heavyweight 125. And yeah, that was they, it. They, they started at 33, they finished at 25. So yeah, yeah. All right, that's the story. But anyhow, Thank I hope you, things sir. Are, I hope I hope things don't go snowball with this gambling stuff. I just. Yeah, you know, it would be the it'd people. be the first question I'd ask those people. So, and I I'm, and then, I'm get I would guess the answer would be, oh yeah, we did. So. All right, Steve. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dick. Good point. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As the days get warmer, our attention turns to home improvements and even starting a new business. Remember, you can't expect the unexpected. Protect yourself, your family, your business with insurance from Purdy Insurance. We're independent and local, and we'll find the right insurance to fit your needs. Give Purdy Insurance a call at 570-286-5855, send us an email, or go to our website at purdyinsurance.com to see what we can do for you. All right, so that wraps it up for today. I mean, let's uh, get something straight. I'm not anti-gambling. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. But it doesn't mean we're not going to point out that there are also unintended consequences. I mean, it's your money. You can do it at whatever you want. My recommendation would be to do it for fun. Don't do it to try and win big bucks. Told the suit that once, and you should have seen the disappointment on his face. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Suit reminds me of the guy in the sting. Say, place it on Lucky Dan. That horse is going to run second. <laughs> When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.